0: Today on Lessons in Life and Love, are you codependent or compatible as a couple? What are some of the signs of codependency? Do you have unhealthy boundaries? Any control patterns? Are you someone who enjoys risk, growth, and challenge? Or does your fear of change keep you feeling stuck? I'm gonna also review the 12 qualities of a compatible relationship. All this on more today on Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season four and show 90 of the Lessons in Life and Love podcast. I'm your host and global life and love coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you every Friday on LessonsinLifeandLove.com and on my app, Lessons in Life and Love On The Go. I'm all about helping you transform your life in all areas into one that you're passionate about and to help you attract and have the love that you deserve. I'm on a mad mission to change the way the world loves. So you'll learn how to have emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious love, and how to avoid toxic, painful, traumatic relationships, which seem way too prevalent today. It's time to help you create the life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. So if you have a personal concern, I invite you to meet with me for a Life & Love Transformation Discovery Session and Assessment this week. It's only $47 right now if you sign up at my website, Milne.com, and it's a $500 value. So go take advantage of that. And let's dive in right now, love angels and transformers. we got a hot topic today. Are you codependent? Some people aren't sure. I know it's a buzzword going around and a lot of people think they are and then they're not and they're just not sure. It's a big topic and I already did another podcast on codependency, but I'm gonna touch on some of this today as well as some control patterns and give you a little bit more information so you can define that. Are you codependent? Do you feel controlled emotionally, physically, or psychologically, either by a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a child, a best friend? You can be controlled by many people. If you struggle with codependency, you struggle with having a healthy personal identity. For example, if someone asks you, who are you? What would you say? Many people define themselves by their career, the status in their family, like I'm a father, I'm a mom, or I'm a doctor, I'm a writer, I'm a woman, but who are you deep down inside? Some people even define themselves as I'm someone that's had a lot of trauma, or I'm an adult child of an alcoholic, or ACOA is what we call that. Sometimes we define ourselves by our age, by our sexual orientation, like I'm a gay male, I'm bisexual, or transgender, for example, or you might be a member of a certain organization, like I'm one of the leaders of the Lions Club, or the Kiwan or even religious faith, like, well, I'm a Catholic or I'm spiritual. So many people have different titles on how they describe themselves. You need to separate from what's happened to you in the past or in your family of origin or what your role in your culture or career or society has created for you. Many of us are still controlled by others or so worried about if others like them and how they perceive them. This all comes from what occurred to us in the past during our childhood when we were young and very innocent back then we were very powerless to fight back or speak our truth or our feelings or even stand up for ourselves if we shared our feelings or opinions about something we were normally punished and grounded for several days making us feel ashamed or not worthy about the way we think and if your past is controlling your belief system your sense of who you are controlling your moods how you act at home or in the career space where you really need to do something about it. Your sense of peace and happiness is super important. When you have unhealed childhood trauma, there's a lack of trust and a fear of risk to grow and succeed in life or your career. Because when you were a child and experienced any of the 10 childhood traumas, and if you don't know what they are, make sure you go to my website, Milne.com, get the free ebook right at the top of the page. And there is a childhood trauma checklist in there you want to know. But when you had also trauma number five, which was abandonment as a child. And as my followers know, there's two types. There's fault and no fault abandonment. A no fault abandonment is if a parent happened to die early, if they might've gone off to serve at war, or if they worked outside of the home and they were gone a lot. That was one that happened for me. I mean, my dad was FBI and CIA. Yup. He was just like James Bond. He looked like him too. He was a really handsome guy, but we didn't know where he was. Even my mother didn't know because it wasn't safe to tell your father family that you served in those capacities for the government. We did not know and I didn't know when daddy was coming home and it left you feel very unsettled and anxious. When you experienced any of the 10 traumas as a child, your brain then becomes differently wired. It's really more prone for fear-based negative thinking, being in survival mode, which results in high cortisol levels and ongoing anxiety within yourself as an adult. And it's hard to focus. You have a lot of distractions. So, when you know you feel this way inside, very often you feel not confident or you have low self esteem, you have fear based negative thinking. So, you're not really coming out and describing who you are to the core essence of that fabulous, perfect God's child that you are. You're still relating to maybe those family messages that they said about you. It's really important that you need to discover and celebrate that core essence of you and to be whatever it is that you believe that you want to be. We call this part of the mindset for success system where you create the life that you desire and then call in the love that you deserve. So in spite of what you experienced or what others may say or think about you or try to do to you, you don't allow another to control you in the way that you feel about yourself or life. You need to know that you're perfect just as you are. We call it perfectly imperfect. We're all humans. We're all working on ourselves. You're totally good enough. Don't let those past roles that society also puts you in define you as well, or those past childhood traumas or love traumas that you might've experienced from a toxic partner. partner. That's part of the sad outcome of being with someone toxic for a long period of time. They really wear down your self-esteem and how good you used to feel about yourself. What I often hear is my clients say, I totally lost who I was. I lost all my joy. I don't laugh anymore. Nothing's fun. Everything is work or a problem or a hassle or a fight. That's when you know you're in a very toxic, controlling relationship. When other people's moods are poor or erratic and judgmental, upon you, they're trying to control you or tell you you need to be or act in a different way, dress a different way. These are all controlling relationships and totally not healthy. Codependents do allow another to control them. And that's when, you know, their moods impact you. They might be acting out from addictions. Their attitudes infect you. So if they're positive, you have a good day. But boy, if they're negative and nasty, it ruins your day. And their behaviors that impacts you too. Because if they do something impulsive and reckless and you're married, it does impact you as well. So their behaviors, if they're toxic, they don't think about what they do or say or write. Very often toxic people just do whatever it is they want to do and never stop to think once about could this hurt you or the family or your children. Very often codependents are over responsible for people that are not responsible for themselves or their own behaviors. You really have have to detach from taking on the responsibility and picking up the pieces for their horrible actions and choices. You can't fix another person's problems or actions or mistakes. All you can do is control how you're going to react to them. And when there's too many mistakes that are impacting you financially, emotionally, your children are upset, then you really have to look at your life and say, this is enough, I can't do this anymore. And if they refuse to get coaching help, with a trauma specialist then you've got to move on and get that for yourself very often if you can't change that person or fix the situation you end up feeling guilty in a way their message is that you don't deserve nice things many people feel guilty about doing something nice for themselves They don't say yes to themselves or invest and grow their businesses. They don't take care of themselves by doing massages or taking time to go to the gym or whatever it is, a yoga class that makes them feel better emotionally and psychologically. They're so busy picking up the pieces of the toxic partner and it's horrible to stand by and watch them destroy their life, but it's impossible for you to change it. So ask yourself, is there somebody that's impacting the way I feel about myself, how my moods are, how I react, and who am I deep down? If you've become someone that you don't like, you don't know anymore, and you're struggling each day with depression or anxiety, these are real signs that you're in a relationship where you're just not happy. Next, we're going to go into some control patterns that are a large part of codependent behavior. And there's 19 of these. So we'll go over a few. You feel that you have to be needed in order to have a relationship with others. That makes you feel special. It makes you feel important. You should just feel special and important just as you are and not feel like you have to overdo for others. Second, I value another's approval of my thinking, feelings, and my behavior over my own feelings about that. So even if you feel strongly in some way, you may succumb to the opinion of your partner and inside think, no, this isn't right. I really shouldn't be doing this. Yet you do it anyway, because that was his opinion. So you really have to think twice about, are you following your heart? Are you following your own best judgment and intuition? Three, I agree with others so that they will like me. A high need to be liked, wanted, and needed are all signs of codependency. Four, I focus my attention attention on protecting others. Yes, if you love your family members and your partner, you're going to be protective. I'm protective of my children and grandchildren, but that's basic love. I think that is totally fine. But again, we're talking the extreme if you overdo to the point of holding so tight to your children that you don't let them explore, don't let them do the things that they feel in their heart they want to do. When my 20-year-old Alexi, she's now 36, told me she wants to put water wells in Africa and her and her best friend. Or going alone to Africa to find the first well, I didn't hold back her dreams. I did ask, Where will you go? She was sponsored by the United Nations, they had a tour. They were not going to be left alone. I knew where they were each day. Yes, I was protective, but no, I did not hold back her dreams, her goals, her desire to risk and grow and do something to help change the world. I knew that would be very important for her, and I had to let her go. But at the same time, as a mom, you do the best you can to protect your kids in some ways without squelching their dreams. Very often, you want good deeds, favors coming towards you, and you don't have that happening, and you become very hurt and upset when somebody doesn't do back for you. In other words, you're a people pleaser, and you keep doing and doing for someone, and when they don't do it back, you're very hurt. Now, people pleasing does, of course, come from childhood trauma, usually dealing with a very difficult parent. That if you weren't pleasing them all the time, you might have been yelled at or punished. So this became normalize for you very often you don't have good boundaries which we're going to go into next what are the boundaries that are healthy if you're feeling resentful stop doing so much okay number seven i'm very skilled at guessing how other people are feeling a lot of people say oh i'm an empath i can read people's minds being overly obsessed about what someone's thinking or doing or what's their next move very often can lead to false negative assumptions for example if someone's late you jump to the conclusion that they're cheating on you this can be very dangerous in a relationship so don't guess ask someone You're late. Can I ask why you're late tonight? Did something happen? You know, instead of assuming. Eight, I can anticipate another's needs and desires, meeting them before they are asked to be met. Again, you're all up in someone's business. Focus on you and your day and your goals and dreams. Yes, it's nice to do for your partner, but to the excess where you don't get your things done, that's a problem. Nine, I become resentful when others will not let me help them. Maybe they're tired of you doting on them all the time. It's just too much. Sometimes it's too motherly. If you turn into a mom, guess what? The attraction is lost. No one is attracted to their parent. So you want to be an equal partner. So don't overdo. You can ask, would you like me to help you on that? But if you're always doing and always running around for your partner and they're not doing it back, you got to look at the balance triangles in your relationship, which is all equal sides of me, you, and us. So you have to have your own time. They need to have their own time. And that's where business and working out and time with friends comes in. But you have to have your us side where you're doing for each other. It's balanced there. 10, I'm calm and efficient in other people's crisis situation. Actually, I think that's a good quality. (laughs) Not to lose it. You don't need to lose it. The more calm you are, then the more rational usually you're thinking in a difficult situation. But that is down on this list. 11, I feel good about myself only when I'm helping others. You should feel good about yourself all the time. You don't need to people please and do all these things for everybody else to feel good. Feel good about who you are just as you are. 12, I give advice and directions to others without being asked. Again, that can be super annoying to your partner or to your friends. So ask them, do you want my help on that? Do you want me to find the directions on that? 13, I put aside my own interests and concerns in order to do what others want. Again, you're going to get resentful, angry, exhausted, burnt out, when you're always running around and doing for others if you are most often experiencing anxiety this is a sign that you're just overdoing 14 i ask for help in nurturing only when i'm ill and then reluctantly no i mean your partner is there to help you ask nicely hun, could i have your help with this or i'm not feeling well could you get dinner tonight you know whatever it is ask for help and it's okay if you say i need a hug i had a bad day Do that. Your partner wants to step up when you need them. If you don't explain that you need them, they're not going to know. 15, I can't tolerate seeing others in pain. Well, it is hard to see other experiencing pain, but we all go through stuff, right? You can see if you can assist, but you shouldn't be solving their problems. You got to let them be an adult and solve their own problems. 16, I lavish gifts and favors on those I care about. That's a red flag, guys. That's almost desperate like please love me right when you're cooking for somebody early on or just doing and running errands and running around and uh if your man buying gifts all the time for the woman early on well first one or two she'll appreciate that but then after a while it's like wow do i have to reciprocate this i can't keep up with this so it gets to be like too much certainly gifts on special occasions your birthday valentine's day holidays please don't miss those That is important to show your love and appreciation. 17, I use sex to gain approval and acceptance. This is really obvious when someone is love addicted, sex addicted, they need sex to feel loved or pretty or handsome or virile. And if they don't get it, they almost have a hissy fit or they can have it. They pout around, they don't talk to you, they scream at you. This is a real toxic sign. So any use of sex other than mutual pleasure and love is a real problem. So you don't use it to gain approval or get something nice done for you. No, that's not what it's for. And any imbalance in that department is a huge red flag. 18. I attempt to convince others of how they truly think and how they should feel. No, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Let it go. People that debate and try to force their opinion down your throat. It's not right. Know how you feel and say, you're entitled to, your opinion? We're two different people. Let's just respect that and let it go. 19, I perceive myself as completely unselfish and dedicated to the well-being of others. Nope. In our program, we have a page you even sign the right to say no. There's a lot of times that it might be nice to volunteer or help out, but if you can't do it, you have to be able to say no. You have to be able to say no to your kids and to your partner when you're too tired, and it's okay. You have to be able to say no without guilt. So next, we're going to go into signs of unhealthy boundaries right after this message. Are you feeling down, lonely, fearful, and frustrated when it comes to dating? Have you had repetitive toxic dates and relationships, but swear it will be better next time? Well, there's a reason you keep attracting the same type of partner, which we call same person, different face. It's called childhood trauma. Now I know what you're thinking. Your childhood was pretty normal because that's what most people say. But research shows that 90% of us have had at least one to three of the 10 described childhood traumas. Do you wanna find out what yours might be? Just go to rianamilm.com and take the four free love quizzes. And while you're there, download the free ebook called Why 9 out of 10 People Struggle in Life and Love and what you can do about it. That's rianamilm.com and let's begin your journey to healing and personal transformation in life and love. okay you're back with rihanna milne and lessons in life and love let's go into the signs of unhealthy boundaries and there are 20 of them so i'll come up again with a few of them let's see if you have any of these okay the first one is talking at an intimate level at your first date that's just not appropriate you're meeting to even see if you can be friends if you have enough in common You should not be asking or answering any questions about sex or sexuality. If they start asking you about that, you can get up and leave or say, I'm totally not comfortable, I just met you. I'm not going to give you my opinion on these things now. Second, falling in love with someone you just met. That's also a red flag. It's almost too needy, too desperate, too fast on the first date saying, let's be exclusive. Let's see where this goes. It's like, you don't even know each other. You really need several dates before the exclusivity question comes up. I suggest at least four to five, four to six to see. And these dates have to be with good communication to see if you are a good match. Another one, falling in love with anyone who reaches out or gives you a little bit of attention. So in other words, every time you go out for a date, you keep putting the pressure on yourself or on them. Is this the one? Is this the one? And people feel that, that desperation. Just take it light. You're just meeting somebody new. You won't know if that's the one for quite a while. Another one is acting on the first sexual impulse. It's great that you're attracted to someone. That's wonderful. But anyone that knows my work knows that falling in love through chemistry alone is very dangerous. You need to get the facts about who these people are. So you can be attracted, but you have to have the power and the control within yourself to be able to say no to quick sexual impulses or advances. Too many people are intimate too fast and later feel embarrassed, ashamed, and knew it was a huge mistake. Why are you doing that to yourself over and over again? really showing self-love and respect when you have the ability to say no thank you for being attracted and it's nice that you would like to be with me but this is way too early for me next one is going against your personal values to please somebody else you don't want to do that stick true to your values and your level of integrity don't do something that you're going to regret later not saying anything when someone else shows you inappropriate boundaries You need to be able to speak up for yourself. I mean, I work with this all the time with my coaching clients. You need to be able to speak your feelings without yelling or screaming, but being firm and saying, you know, that just wasn't appropriate. I'm sorry that made me uncomfortable and be real about it. But you need to call people on inappropriate boundaries or they're going to continue to do that to you. And that goes hand in hand with noticing when someone does invade your boundaries, does something inappropriate, you have to notice. You don't just let it go. Talk about it. And don't wait to talk about it. Say, did you just do that? (laughs) And bring it up right away. Next one is accepting any food, gifts, touch, or sex that you don't want. Don't fold to somebody else's pushiness Stand up for yourself. If they're too touchy, say, hey, you know, we just met, do mind? That's a little too much right now. If you're not feeling comfortable, speak up. Again, if you need help with that, that's what life coaching does. Touching a person without asking them, that's inappropriate. Letting others direct your life, that goes back to the whole control concept I just spoke on. Letting others describe your reality of life. No, you know your reality. Tell them how it is for you. Letting others define you, say who you are, tell you what to do, how to dress, how to act. Absolutely not. These, again, are really big boundary violations. Another one's believing others can anticipate your needs and read your mind. No one can do that. So it's really important that you speak up about your needs, your feelings, and your desires. And the last one is expecting others to feel your needs automatically. Same thing, you've gotta ask for what you want clearly and calmly and not feel bad about it. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back, we're gonna go over the importance of risk-taking and if you are compatible, 12 things for you to look for there. Are you single and ready for a love relationship? If you're in a committed relationship or marriage, does your partner have any red flags you should be concerned about? Do you think they or you have childhood trauma? Just go to rianamilne.com and do the free love test. For a limited time, you can also get an introductory offer on a Life & Love Transformation Discovery Session and Assessment to address your results and current concerns. We'll get to the bottom of what's keeping you stuck in life, love, or business. Learn how to move forward to reach your dreams. Get your free love test and Life & Love Discovery Session at rianamilne.com. That's rianamilne.com. I look forward to meeting you and seeing how I can help you best. Welcome back. This is Rihanna Milne, and you're listening to Lessons in Life and Love. Let's go over risk-taking. It's really important that you analyze risk in a very intelligent way, but that you also take risk because that is the way that you challenge yourself and grow. And every time you take that risk and accomplish a new dream or challenge, your self-esteem and confidence start soaring. It always starts going up. So here's a little writing that I found. It doesn't say who the author is, but I thought it was pretty good. Risk-taking is free. To laugh is to risk appearing the fool. To weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out for another is to risk involvement. To expose feeling is to risk exposing your true self. To place your ideas, your dreams before the crowd is to risk their loss. To love is to risk not being loved in return. To live is to risk dying, to hope is to risk despair, to try is to risk failure, but the risk must be taken because the greatest hazard in life is to risk nothing. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing and is nothing. He may avoid suffering and sorrow, but he simply cannot learn, feel, change, grow, love and live, chained by his certitudes, He is a slave for he has forfeited freedom because only a person who risks is truly free. Now let's break that down a little bit. I thought that was pretty great. It is true to love is to risk. Every new partnership is a risk. And it's okay because if you don't take those risks, what happens? You won't have love in your life. So it's important that you heal from any love trauma and you feel confident enough to get up, get back out there, and learn to risk again. But this time, you're going to be more intelligent about it. You're going to know who is emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious, or who is toxic. And you're going to know why. And it will be a much easier process for you when you have this education. I like this one, to live is to risk dying. I wrote a haiku poem when I was 16 years old and it's, you were born to die and there's a pause in between, which is only life. How will you live yours? And I have been like a go-getter, a dreamer, mostly around business. Like I really love creating businesses. That's like one of my hobbies, and every one I do is a risk. Like when I had a model and talent company, I opened it up with my first month's rent. I had no money. I had no ability to get a loan and it had to work. I had two little children and i to pick up from school at three o'clock in the afternoon, which meant I couldn't get a nine to five job. So this had to work. You know, I had to risk doing it, risk maybe it would fail, risk the fear and do it anyway. And within six months, Rihanna Model and Talent, I went into a competition that was international. And I won Educational Excellence Award of all the people that competed. And within the first year at IMTA, it was called International Model and Talent Association. I won School of the Year. So I just opened for my first month's rent. My first class had four people in it. Since hundreds have gone through, I had it for almost 10 years. And so many people reached their dreams in being a rock and being on Baywatch and soap operas and in movies, and in commercials, and runway shows, and magazines, and my daughter even sings on three multi-platinum CDs. So not only did I reach my dreams, I was instrumental in helping others with the mindset for success to reach their dreams. And if they didn't risk that, they would not have reached their dreams. I wanna tell the story of Michael. He was an auto mechanic, very handsome guy, Big blue eyes, big white smile, and long white hair. And he wanted to be a model. And I said, honestly, Michael, you are like the perfect guy for Baywatch. So he hemmed and hawed about signing up for modeling school. He he was reluctant. Eventually, he finally did it, went down and told the guys at the shop, and they all laughed at him. And I said, when they laugh at you, you look at them and say, watch me. And the long story short of this, Michael did end up appearing on Baywatch and ended up taking an excellent offer and moved out to LA and has been on several shows since and really enjoyed exploring that dream of his. So if you don't risk, if you don't try, you'll never reach your dreams. It's really important. That's why the mindset for success is a big part of my life and love transformation system that I teach all my clients. It's imperative that they learn it because what happens when you have childhood trauma those messages you're not good enough or you'll never mount to anything or someone just treating you like you're not worthy of their love all of that places these seeds of doubts in you that have been growing for years where we're going to cut those trees right down and plant new ones The seeds of hope and inspiration and motivation and spirituality and gratitude. And when those all come together, oh my God, like the sky's the limit. It's phenomenal like Lexi wanted to put water wells in at the innocent age of 20. Now at 36, she has 21 water wells and have changed the lives of thousands in Tanzania, Africa. Who was I to squelch that dream just because I was worried a little bit of her safety. I brought my kids up, you gotta risk. You gotta take that chance. Just think it through, just be safe. You might fail if you're in business. Okay, one program might fail check it out there is no failure it is just another lesson learned and you say "Hmm, okay what didn't work on this one what do i have to do differently and you just go to your plan b and your plan c remember when you're living in the light using the method we use you're always thinking what can i do and if there's a challenge that's okay we're supposed to be challenged in life so it's not a failure it's a challenge To do something differently it's simply another message and we don't look at it as failure and it's true if you never take a risk or sign up for something you want to do or you don't say yes to yourself you decide not to take that shot then you have no excitement in life guys this is where excitement and pride and self-esteem and confidence comes from and it talks about risking by sharing your feelings You want to share your feelings. Sure, you're exposing your true self, but that's okay. It's called being an authentic self. So when things come up, you have to learn to speak about it, but like I said, in a calm and loving way. So if it becomes a problem, then the problem can be fixed. And it says to place your ideas, your dreams before the crowd is to risk their loss. Yeah, a lot of people won't believe in your dreams. And I have to tell you, I believed in Lexi's dream to want to sing, but her own father said, you think you can be a singer? That's an effing joke. And this is where I said, baby, You just say, watch me, and she did. She ended up traveling the world on tour with the top artists at that time, sang on three multi-platinum CDs, was about to sign the contract and said, you know what, I really prefer television. Then she did great in television. She became a host on like six TV shows. So I mean, if you risk the dream, no matter what people say, the only one that has to believe in the dream is you. And hopefully you have one person that supports your dream. If you have a partner, that's ideal. They should support your dream, or your child might, or your mom might, just like I did. And I did everything in my power to help Lexi and Steph reach their dreams that they wanted to do. And that's what a parent should do. Believe in your kids' dreams. None of them are stupid. None of them are silly. I didn't look at her at 15 years old and say, what, you want to be a singer? No, you're going to college. We had a plan B for college, University of Delaware in fashion design. She's five foot eleven, but she was modeling for top swimwear designers and bridal designers in bridal magazines all kinds of magazines. Eventually, she ended up getting a hosting job on HGTV for Home Design Show. I said, "Hun, maybe you better get a certificate right now if you're going to be on a show talking about your expertise. She goes, yeah, I'm online taking one right now. She got that when she needed it. Then she thought maybe she'd go to Hunter College for water engineering since she's putting water wells in Africa. She goes, mom, they keep asking me to teach what I learned and how do you put water wells in Africa? She goes, why should I pay for college when I'm already doing this I said I don't think you need it and today she's a millionaire coach so you know what what you do need is life skills the ability to believe in your dreams the seven D's for success is what I teach decide what you want have the determination to do it no matter what naysayers are out there then dedicated to the process that is needed Devoted, which is the spiritual aspect. You're devoted to it. You believe in it. You have a big why, a purpose behind it. And dare to dream. And then the last one is drive. So when the going gets tough and you're exhausted and you're working a lot of hours, the drive keeps you going so that you don't give up on your dreams. So the seven Ds for success are super important. The last segment of the show coming right up is on compatibility styles and if you two are a match. So stay tuned for that. Since many of you are now at home, are you wondering what a home profession would be like? Have you ever thought of coaching? I have developed an amazing coaching mentoring program to get you started in coaching or help you to excel to global status. To inquire, just go to RihannaMiln.com and check out the mentoring tab, and then contact me with a list of what you would like help with. This is a personalized, customized, and individual coaching program to help you get your new or existing virtual dream job off the ground. Why not go for it? How much time do we have to live our dreams? Start today. Just go to Milne.com the mentoring tab, and create the list you need me to coach you on to begin your virtual global dream job from home today. That's rianamilne.com, rianamilne.com, the mentoring tab, to create the life you desire now. We're back. You're listening to Rihanna Milne on Lessons in Life and Love. So to see if you're truly compatible, these are 12 things that should be similar for both people. First, your physical style. So you have a similar outlook on health and fitness, eating healthy foods, same sleep patterns. It can be difficult in a relationship if your partner wants to be up at five and looking for sexual activity and you like to sleep till 7.30 because you're more of a night owl. That can really cause problems over a relationship. Same for eating styles. If you want to eat super healthy and your partner's snacking on chips and junk and candy all the time, it's going to be hard for you to keep to your mode of eating style when your partner's is drastically different. Second, emotional style. You're able to talk about your feelings. You both have the same temperament. Hopefully, you both have mood management. Nobody should be yelling and screaming. There's never a reason to yell unless someone is in harm's way. That is the only time to yell at a person. So early on, if you're seeing somebody either shut down, which is passive aggressive, or yell and scream to get their way, leave sooner than later. That's an emotional style of control and it's going to drive you crazy after a while. It's very unhealthy. Three, your social style with other people. Are you outgoing? Are you shy? Do you like people? Are friends important to you? If your partner has a lot of friends over many years, obviously friendships are important to them. And if you have no friends, that does not balance. If they're very outgoing and love to chat with people, even strangers, like at a networking event, and you're shy and in the corner, or you want all their time and attention, that's codependent. That's not going to be a good match. Four, intellectual style. You have the same type of school degree and you enjoy learning new things. So I would just say, if you both went to college or have a higher degree, in one of my relationships, I was getting my master's degree and someone that I really liked, he was a great person, only had a high school degree. And he kept using it against me. Oh, you think you're so smart because you're in your master's degree? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm just sharing my feelings with you. Obviously that relationship wasn't able to work out because he did not feel good enough that he did not have more than a high school education, and he wanted to use that against me because I love to learn. So if you like to read and learn and grow in business, it is best that you have your partner that enjoys those things too. Same intellectual level. Five, communication style. How you both talk and rate to each other and to strangers. Again, is one overly cushy and flirting with strangers, and you have more like a professional style, your chat with people, but you're never beyond boundaries that are appropriate? This could be a problem. Is your partner trying to make you jealous? By flirting around with other people? Do they go into a party and leave you alone while they're off talking to a bunch of people? They don't introduce you. These are all red flags. You want to make sure that your communication style matches how you both talk and then your writing levels as well. Six, professional and financial style. You want to have the same type of spending habits. This is a big one. If one person is spending all the time and the other one wants to save every dime and wants to spend nothing, never wants to go on vacation or do anything nice for the house, no home improvements, and you want to have a home you're proud of, you're going to have a really hard time with someone like this. So make sure that you have the same financial goals and you talk about that early on way before engagement. You need to know how much each other has and what are your goals if you are a couple moving forward. It would be great if you have the same work hours. Many couples split up if someone's on night shift and someone's on day shift. You just really need more time together. And it's great if you have similar types of businesses, meaning you're both white-collar or blue-collar work. Again, one might be resentful of the other. If you have a high-power stockbroker with somebody, dating uh, someone with just a high school education who works in a retail store, one or the other may feel intimidated and not comfortable down the road. Number seven, personal growth and self-study. You're excited about your self growth and your learning. If one has spiritual values, the other one should too, because you can't have someone with values and someone that doesn't. That's what happened to me in my marriage. I have values that are very honorable too. And when he had absolutely no values and had a whole secret life, I knew I couldn't live with someone like that. I couldn't trust them. And he had no concern about hurting many others. In his path, not only me, but his school students, his staff, parents. I mean, he let a lot of people down. Spiritual nature, religious or spiritual nature should be similar. I was just talking on that. So important. In my research, it shows one of the most successful ingredients of a relationship is a couple that practices their faith together. Please look for someone that is also faith based and will practice this with you. Nine, interest in hobbies. Can you share similar activities you both enjoy yet do something separately or with friends you need to have time with your friends you need to have separate time for your hobbies and you definitely need time together as a couple if you are a blended family you should have private time with your own kids and then do big family events with everybody but it is best that you still have some private time with your kids ask yourself this question would you want to have a child with this person It doesn't really mean that you want or need to have a child with them, but do you see this type of person that if you had a child, you would love them as a father, as a partner, you would trust them, you would want your child to look up to them. It just defines their character, right? That's why I like to date men who are great fathers. That's why I always like to date men who are great fathers. 10, do you respect and share the same values? Do you admire this person for some of their qualities? Could you see yourself becoming more like this person in some of those positive ways that maybe you don't have yet? This should be someone you look up to, respect, and in a way admire that they're such a wonderful person. You feel very proud of them. Eleven, do you like this person now without changing anything about them? Be very cautious about falling in love with someone's potential. It's one of the worst things that you can do because words are cheap. You have to watch actions. Do they do what they say they're going to do? Do they follow through? That's very, very important and a high part of integrity. And 12, do you feel safe when communicating your worst fears or biggest insecurities? This partner should be your very best friend, someone you can tell anything to. This is why dating is very important. You start out as friends not jumping in the sack together to see if sex is okay get the foundation right get the friendship there first be able to really chat with someone about everything gotta ask yourself is my lover or partner my best friend would you defend them respect them and stand up for them if need be so those are some of the qualities about a compatible relationship that are very important to consider and just a final thought discussing change, the importance of being able to change and be flexible and taking on new projects and new risks. Remember, you don't have to be perfect and neither does anybody else. Control is a total illusion and it just doesn't work when it comes to trying to control your person. You can't change other people. All you can do is react yourself to make a decision on what you want to do about their behavior. If someone in your life is an alcoholic and you're trying to get them to stop drinking, it's not going to work. They've got to want to do it for themselves. Instead of trying to push change upon them, you have to ask, what now do you do with this information? Do you want to stay in that relationship or is that something that you don't want to tolerate? You can't change things that are beyond your control, and trying to do that can make you crazy. In other words, in our situation with COVID-19, we can't change that this is running rampant in our world. What we can do is what you want to look for. You can socially isolate, you can wear your mask when out in public, and you can be responsible about monitoring your temperature. These are things that you can control and change, even though we can't control that outside factor. The only person you can change is yourself. But by changing yourself, you may change more than you could ever imagine. So ask yourself, who are you? Are you happy with who you are? Do you want to inflect some new changes in your life? Do you want to have that mindset for success so you can step up and start risking and living large and creating that life you really desire? If that is so, then take the first step. Come to my website, rianamilne.com. Sign up for that $47 session and let me meet with you for one hour. Let's get to the bottom of what's going on that's keeping you stuck or having you sabotage yourself in either life or love. And let's start your journey to creating that life you desire and having the love you deserve. And with that ends the lesson. Okay, love angels and transformers, that's all we have time for today. I appreciate you sharing the love and the mission of helping me change the way the world loves by sending the show link to your friends and those you love and care about. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show, give it a five-star rating, and comment on what you liked about the show. And if there's anything you want to learn in an upcoming podcast, just write me at the contact page at lessonsinlifeandlove.com website and you can easily share the show link from there. Remember, you can always listen to the show on the go with my free app, Lessons in Life and Love. And do reach out for help at any time during the week at my website, Milne.com. And while you're there, get the free ebook and take the four free love tests. You can also get free book chapter downloads of Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams, my five-star rated books, and number one bestseller. And as always, I am here to help you create the life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. Have a very blessed, safe, and fabulous week.